Hiking in the desolation of the Arctic tundra, Sarah had lost all sense of direction. Her expedition started with a purpose, a quest for answers buried beneath layers of ice and snow. But now, as the howling wind whipped around her, the world had transformed into an endless white abyss. Hours had turned into more than a week, and her supplies dwindled to nothing. Hunger gnawed at her stomach, and exhaustion threatened to steal her sanity. Then on the brink of despair, he appeared. A figure faint and distant materialized in the blinding whiteness. He was like a mirage, a specter from another world. She couldn't see his face, but his presence was unmistakable. He was her companion, her guardian, her third man. Sarah had heard tales of the third man syndrome, stories of lost souls finding an otherworldly companion in times of dire need. Now he was her salvation, guiding her through the Arctic wasteland, whispering words of encouragement and sharing a belief that she might survive. As Sarah followed the elusive figure through the blizzard, she couldn't help but wonder if he was a figment of her imagination or a guardian angel sent to save her from certain death in the unforgiving wilderness. You are now entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky. An unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... <sighs> okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. On (laughs) (laughs) On today's episode, we will not be discussing dreams as we were originally intending. My mother has fallen ill, and so we're pushing that back a week. And instead, today, Christian is going to be guiding us into the wonderful world of the third man syndrome, which I don't really know what it is, but I assume it's just a weird way of saying guardian angels. Not really. Not really, I guess. For For some people. For some people. Yeah, there you go. The third man factor or third man syndrome refers to the reported situations where an unseen presence, such as a spirit, provides comfort or support during traumatic experiences. Thank you for reading that from memory and staring directly into my eyes while you did that. You're welcome. It's very nice. So dreams next week, but we got a pretty juicy episode for you. If you're new to the show, welcome. Good to have you. If you do us a favor, if you enjoy the show, go ahead and give it a, a full listen. And if you enjoy the show, rate and review at the end five stars preferably but honestly 
we trust you. If you'd like to get in touch with us, be sure to follow us on social media at Freaky Deaky Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, YouTube, the like, and at TFT Paranormal on TikTok. Be sure to also subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got some fun stuff in the works that we're going to start releasing in October. So just a few short weeks away and you guys are going to want to check it out. Fun stuff. I already mentioned that most of the time when people say fun stuff, it's not very fun, but I'm not that way. And when I say fun stuff, hey, I mean it. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to get a kick out of it. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your homies. Tell your pets if you're one of those people. In the meantime, if you have a story of your own, send it into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. We love to hear your personal experiences with the otherworldly. And now back to Christian in sports. Today on the field. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Do you remember? You don't remember that one? No. Man, these are embedded in my memory at this point. That was, I want to say, Halloween. The first Halloween episode. Or no, the second Halloween episode we did. Made a really weird cackle laugh. And when I saved it, I was like, this is going to come in handy down the road. And here we are. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Some Another reason or another way I can be tortured. Ooh. All right. So obviously, you might be a little bit familiar with third man syndrome but you not really heard it being called that. When I hear what you've referred to it as, it sounds like angel or like guardian entity of some kind, you know? So I hope we're not just diving into like a bunch of schizophrenic stories. What's wrong with schizophrenic stories? Wow, turning it around on me. Nothing is wrong with schizophrenic stories, Christian, and that's fine. But let's, how about you, since you're leading the episode, how about you go ahead and share some deets? I just want those sweet, juicy deets. First thing I'll mention, go ahead. Roll that beautiful deet footage. (laughs) I bet you wish you you wouldn't have let me go ahead. Yeah, probably yeah, not. That was a regret. You regret that. That was a poor choice. Yeah. Deet footage. Is that like watching somebody get mosquito repellent sprayed on them? Sure. Okay. It's horror movies for mosquitoes. Yeah. I'm going to first tell, tell you a little bit about this, and then I'm going to share some famous cases, semi-famous. Some people probably heard about them. Mm. And then I'll share some stories from people like you and me that have oh. experienced this. Oh, people that don't matter? <laughs> okay. Well, cool. that was, yeah, yeah, people that don't matter. The people that don't matter, yeah. To no, a lot fine. of the, to the, to the upper echelons of society. I'm going to get an email after this drops and someone's going to be like, hey, Scott, you matter. And I'll be like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. But it's, I was we matter. Let's just say normal people. Yes. Yeah. Normal but, people's fine. Okay. There is a phenomenon that has baffled scientists, adventurers, and explorers for centuries. And it's called, of course, third man syndrome. I'm glad. Otherwise, I bet, damn, we really titled this wrong. Yes. It is the eerie sensation of a third president. President. The third president. Thomas Jefferson? Yeah. What if we were wrong? There's plenty of time. Yeah. I'll forget, but there's plenty of time. It is the eerie sensation of a third presence accompanying, accompanying, I hear some words so hard, accompanying. I've got the answer for you. They are not. Okay. But what you like to do over there? I just free ball it. <laughs> What a punk. Yeah. Should have known. Yeah. I must compose myself. <laughs> you all right? Okay. Of a third presence accompanying individuals who find themselves in extreme and often life-threatening situations. Some describe the third entity as a guiding spirit or guardian angel, mm. while others claim it to be an otherworldly presence. Same thing. <laughs> I'll take things that are the exact same for 500. <laughs> Reports of the third man syndrome have been documented in polar expeditions, mountaineering expeditions, and even space travel. Despite numerous theories and attempts at explanation, no, no definite answer has been found to explain the existence of this mysterious third entity. Well, obviously. So, the first famous person we're going to talk about 
may not be famous to you. I've heard the name before. It's like some black and white film star from the 1920s. You're pretty close. Mm. Sir Ernest Shackleton. Wow. He wrote about third man syndrome in his 1919 book, South. In this book, he told his readers about an unknown companion joining him and his men during the final leg of his 1914 to 1917 Antarctic ex- expedition. That's why it's called South. Exactly. I was just thinking, I'm like, that's not a very descriptive title. Or maybe overly descriptive. Well, maybe they didn't have as many books back then, so they could they didn't have to be like all clickbaity. Just like, I don't know, just call it uh South. Yeah. Which direction was I? South. Yeah, let's go with that one. Perfect. After he shared his feelings, others on the expedition said they experienced the same extra companion. And then writer T. S. Eliot wrote about the expedition in his poem, The Wasteland. Hmm. Since you don't want to play the clip, I will read The Wasteland. I can play the clip if you want. I think it's all set up. Bluetooth channel is recording, opening text messages, pushing this, and away we go. Who is the third who walks always beside you? When I count, there are only you and I together. But when I look ahead up the white road, there is always another one walking beside you. Oh, yes, Gliding wrapped in a brown mantle, (laughs) hooded. I do not know whether a man or a woman. But who is that on the other side of you? And scene. Okay. And holy hell, that was very loud. I know. Apparently, I mean, was that super loud in your headphones? Okay. Yeah. Definitely got to adjust that one before she goes out. Christian, who was that, I want to call him a third man in the studio moments ago? Are you in a life or death situation? No, someone just read some text to us, Christian. I didn't hear anything. Uh, well, okay. hopefully I'm not alone. Maybe we need to take you to the doctor. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, hey, same with wh- that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. Twice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, twice. Fun fact. The name of that poem, Wasteland, The Wasteland, mm-hmm. it's also a great Stephen King book. Wow. Fun fact as well. People used to rent pineapples in the 18th century because they were about $8,000 and a symbol of wealth and royalty. I did and not know a, that. That's how you do a fun fact, Christian. That is a fun fact. You're welcome. Uh, in case you, like, <laughs> my fun facts are jokes. Really? Okay. So is that. But it was also very informative. You're welcome. It was. And now we can change the theme on this video on YouTube to educational. Nice. It's been entertainment for so long, but now that I gave you a fun fact, we're going educational. I've always wanted to be an educator. We are not in the right spot for that, I'm afraid. But we are in the right spot to dive into this third man. Wow. Phrasing. Sorry. We're going to go ahead <laughs> We're not, okay, you know what? I'm going to stop myself before I say the incredibly funny sentences that I was holding back moments ago. Yeah. Christian, let's get back into it. Okay. And this part, this next part, little bit comes from Wikipedia because it, because it has names. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's all you need for Christian's, Christian's research. Okay. Names. Some well-known adventurers like climber Reinhold Messner and polar explorers, Peter Hillary and Anne Bancroft. Those are well known. Thank you. Have reported experiencing the phenomenon. One study of the cases involving adventurers reported that the largest group involved climbers, with solo sailors and shipwreck survivors being the second most common group, followed by polar expression expressions. Polar explorers. The polar expresses. Yeah. <laughs> Great movie. That's no, that's not a good fun. movie. I never even saw it. Me neither. I used to coach a team called the Express. Wow. Did you guys lose a lot and fast? <laughs> couple times <laughs> god that was stupid as fuck <laughs> just continue please all right 
I need a drink or something. This is nuts over here. It's always very entertaining when I'm reading episodes because you get because then you 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 relax a little bit and then you're like Scott, clip this next part out. Onyong. A similar experience was documented by mountain climber Joe Simpson in his 1988 book Touching the Void. Gross which recounts his near-death experience <laughs> in the Peruvian Andes. Simpson describes a voice which encouraged him and directed him as he crawled back to base camp after suffering a horrible leg injury high on Ciula Grande and falling off a cliff That's and into Bell. a crevice. Hmm? What, what was he high on? Ciula Grande? Ciula Grande. The number four at Taco Bell. I don't ever have the number four. Just the number two afterwards. <laughs> that, I mean, that's uh. like no- notorious. Sure is. So, and he, he fell off a cliff and into a crevice. Some journalists have related this concept of a guardian angel or imaginary friend, which either one brings about a whole a whole new way of looking at, I guess, the world. I mean, people are, yeah. are, are familiar with both those. That is true. But if it's something that really affects more people than just us as children, you know, or the people that we label as kooky that say guardian angels. Otherwise known as, yeah, no, I guess. You know, it's, it's, mm. it just, when you kind of take away, I guess, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, it sounded profound where you're headed. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's this story or this topic when I was, was looking into it, just like grabbed a hold of me. So I don't know. It's hard to explain what I, what I was thinking, but it, it just opens my eyes a little. Hmm. Save that and maybe wow. and remind me near the near the end of the episode. No, it just opens my eyes a little. I'm gonna save that, and I'm gonna whenever I talk about lizard people or something like that, and I ask if you believe it, you'll just I'll play that and be like, it just opens my eyes a little. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm just giving you. I'm showing you the future. Okay, Nostradamus. Scientific explanations consider the phenomenon a coping mechanism or an example of bicameral mentality. It takes Here me back go. to our first season. Yeah, the old bicameral mentality. Since then, I'm not quite sure I'm into believe the bicameral mind thing, but it, it is wow. still fascinating. Folks, let's take a moment to just appreciate that sentence. We did it. Okay. We did it. The concept was popularized by a 2009 book by John G. Geiger, The Third Man Factor, which documents scores of examples. Modern psychologists have used the third man factor to treat victims of trauma. The cultivated inner character lends imagined support and comfort. Ah. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about some famous cases. Ooh. And now, <laughs> yeah. Who is the third man? I don't know, but who's on first, you know? I don't remember that joke, how that joke goes next, so I have to just leave you hanging. I'm glad, because I don't remember the third part, so. Yeah. John Geiger, who has sh- shifted, shitted. Who shitted where? <laughs> John Geiger has sifted through these survival stories. So I'm going to, these beautiful, more famous ones are going to come from his book. So he's talked to adventurers, sailors, prisoners of war, and pilots. They all tell, tell strikingly similar stories of being saved from death by a mysterious presence. Most of the people who have encountered the third man aren't mystics, says Geiger, a senior fellow at the University of Toronto and governor of the Royal Canadian Geographical Society. Ooh. So he's not the normal person we get our stories from. like he comes from academia oh i'm sorry yeah the rest of the folks we are stories from are idiots no i mean just saying they come from the streets they're not in yeah. academia that doesn't mean one is one is more right than the other it's just a different it's just you highlighting something yeah i got you so 
And the people understand as well. Some of his stories include a NASA astronaut. I'm just going. I didn't hear what you said. I didn't say anything. Okay. <laughs> it was in my head. I okay. let it stay there Okay, for now. Okay. So also aviator Charles Lindbergh, horrible person. Definitely. We've all heard about the balloons. We've already talked. <laughs> yeah, I just, I was just going, I was going with it. You know, why not? What balloons? The balloons. You, you can't just throw the balloons no. into a Charles Lindbergh <laughs> yeah. story and not. I was guessing as to why we don't like him. I thought maybe there's a balloon accident. Maybe there was. He was a bad person. He was just a bad person. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, it could have been any number of things, including balloons. So take that to heart. But also at the center of a major murder mystery. Hmm. Don't want that. You know what I'm talking about? That's his son. Son was kidnapped and killed. That's what I'm thinking of. That's why I thought balloons. <laughs> something about a plane, right? Is there something he, about a plane? He there? was a pilot. That's what it was. Okay. Famous pilot. My brain was showing me images like these things are correlated with what you're trying to think about. And I was like, I'll get there. I'll get there. Plane, b- balloon, sky, flying. You, I almost we, made it. We I all, worked my way into that story pretty well, though, just yeah. through visual cues. And we all got to hear you verbi- verbally tell hmm. us how your mind works. Yeah. Just and we images, were struggling. Like connect, connect, <laughs> grasp. So <laughs> moving on, we talked about Ernest Shackleton. He also has stories from Atheist. Those dirty sinners, Christian, are you yep. sure? Yep. Okay. Third man encounters aren't restricted to exotic locales. Well, it's good to know because, you know, not everyone can afford that. He says he experienced a third man encounter, like encounter, in the study of his home while writing his book. When I give talks about the book, he says, there are always a few people who will come up afterwards to say they have similar stories. The debate around the book is not, are people actually encountering an unseen being? You're welcome. But oh. rather, what is it? Bingo. Okay. So. What's your whistle a little bit? I think I might do the same. That too. But I also need to get my, because one of the stories is on my laptop. So I just want to get it open. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> the library is thick and deep. I was like, where did I have that story? In my fancy uh, new way of organizing it, I went backwards. Okay. Did you find it? Yeah. <laughs> Got him. To start with some of these stories of people he talked about it or Geiger talked about in his book, a couple of them are traumatic. Mm. So a form of warning. Some of those asshole skeptics. That wasn't the one I wanted. Hold on. Ooh, yeah. Much better. Gotcha. We're going to start with Ron DeFrancesco. Nailed it. Ron DeFrancesco was on the 84th floor of the South Tower at the World Trade Center on of the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001. When the second plane crashed in the building, he made several attempts to escape but failed to find a safe exit. At the brink of giving up, DeFrancesco heard an unfamiliar voice. Someone told me to get up. Someone called me. It was a male voice that did not belong to anyone in the stairwell. Get up, the voice told DeFrancesco, using his first name. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was, and this is what he said, it was, hey, you can do this. But it was more than a voice. There was also a vivid sense of physical presence. Geiger wrote in The Third Man Factor. Ah, shit. Why does that? I don't know. It's a weird thing for him to write in The Third Man Factor. Yeah, I think I just, I, when I originally put that in, it was like to remind myself where it came from. But we didn't, didn't need that because I said it at the beginning. You did. Yeah. Now it's ruined, Christian. Yep. Francesco felt someone. <clears throat> I don't know what happened there. Someone's attacking Christian. <laughs> Francesco. Felt someone lift him up, and he was guided to the stairs. 
With the help from what DeFrancesco describes as an angel, he made it out of the South Tower alive. He was only one of four people to escape from above the 81st floor. Hmm. A little bit of a downer beginning, but also... Nice little upper ending. Yeah. Maybe more downer for me because I was older when that happened and you were young. So. Always remember. Yeah. I remember. No, never forget. <laughs> always, always remember. You might need to cut that part out. You never forget. Me. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to offend anyone. Yeah, we don't get canceled. That was a little demonic. That was a little anti-patriotic. Yes. And you can't be anti-patriotic. Yeah, think about that for a moment. Yeah. Next up is James Sevigny. James Sevigny and Richard Wiltmore were hit by an avalanche. They had been ice climbing near Lake Louise in the Canadian Rockies. And I've yet, been there. You, you've it's been a beautiful there. Lake. And we've also talked about it, I th that area on mm. the podcast. That's a Bigfoot area, I believe. It was before that time, unfortunately, but yeah. Yeah. It would be nice to get back. So it was in the Canadian Rockies when the avalanche happened, carrying them 2,000 feet down. While Sevigny regained consciousness, he was severely injured, and he discovered that Whitmore was dead. His back was broken in two places. He had a fractured arm, cracked ribs, severed nerves, torn ligaments in his knees, broken teeth, and internal bleeding. Do you think he was upset that he even woke up at all? <laughs> like with all that, he's just like... Damn it. Well, the next sentence, I'll give you an idea. He laid down to die. To die, yeah. He laid down to figure out a game plan for how to get down this mountain. He was already down it. Oh, yeah, the avalanche. Yeah. Well, hey, at least that's 50% right there. Yeah, except everything's that's broken. The hard part. Yeah. He then felt a sudden strange sensation of an invisible being very close at hand. It was something I couldn't see, but it was a physical presence. The presence communicated mentally, and its message was clear. You can't give up. You have to try. The presence urged Sevigny to get up. It dispensed practical... God. What is practical igglebutt? It's too much spit in my mouth. The amount of... I actually pass up you saying... You talking about spit now? Because I have so many clips. I was figuring... So many. I'm like, damn. You're like... What else do you want me to call it? You can feel it sometimes when you're... I know you do it too. It's like you're talking and all of a sudden you're like... You where all, so? Where'd all this spit come from? Wow. You're welcome. The real unsolved mysteries. It dispensed practical advice. It told him to follow the blood dripping from the tip of his nose as if it were an arrow pointing the way. As he walked, he kept breaking through the crust of deep snow and was almost unable to pull his feet back up because of his injuries. Part of the time he crawled. The presence which stood behind his right shoulder implored him to continue even when the struggle to survive seemed untenable. When Sevigny finally made it back to base camp, there were people there to aid him. When the presence left, he was overcome he was overcome with loneliness. He understood it was more than luck that led him to his miraculous survival. Hmm. Yeah. Curiouser and curiouser indeed. Those are my more popular stories. Now we're gonna get into some ones I found online from everyday life. Not I guess you don't have to be climbing a mountain or well, it's good. in space or on a polar expedition to hmm. experience this. The express, yeah. Because sometimes you fall out of a moving truck. It hasn't happened to me yet, but I'll take your word Hopefully for it. Hopefully it doesn't. This is from Hyper Drud. My aunt experienced this when she fell out of her boyfriend's truck while he was driving. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. She got pulled underneath the vehicle when he hit a bump while she had the door open planning to jump out. Sounds like maybe not a healthy relationship. Well, I try not to be judgmental, but there are some indicators. Yes, yes. there might be some flags. She said an elderly man drove up in his truck saying him and his wife live up the hill and heard the commotion while sitting on their porch. She said that he said that he'd keep his truck's headlights shined on her until help arrived. Then another car drove up and called an ambulance, and she said that's when the old man's truck disappeared. Once she was out of the hospital, 
She went back to where she had her accident to thank the man, but she couldn't find the house. Ain't that some shit. First off. Ain't that some shit. Sounds like the boy. That was a good. I don't know. I guess. Is that a song? Sounds like it could be. If it's not, you should make it one. It was a song. But uh, sounds like whoever the aunt's boyfriend was didn't hang out. He just kept driving after he ran her over. Well, I mean, yeah. I wish I could say I'm somewhat surprised. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's there in the story, but it's not. I guess Mm. we should just focus on the fact that this old man came out of nowhere, shined his lights on her and and then disappeared when another car came up and found her. So who do you think that old man was? I'm going to ask you this after each story. I want to see if it's the same. You have the same explanation. The old man was clearly a dimensional interstellar traveler. And there you go. I think you're wrong. I think so as well. You made that way more complicated. I did. And it didn't even make sense. Mm-mm. But that's fine. The old man was a hero. And we don't was... use that word lightly these days, Christian. The man was a hero. Okay, whatever you I'll say. I'll say it. Was he a, what kind of entity was he? Where did he come from? Where did he go? Wow. Come on, Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, he was Cotton Eye Joe, apparently. Uh, I don't know. He came, I guess the ghost world has vehicles. So, you, so you're going with ghost on that one? I don't know. I, I mean, it sounds like a guardian of some sort, Christian. Okay, I'm not going to shame, shame you for saying but that. But my, my brain is also like, but why do they have a car? And, and at that point, like when they're up there and they're like, oh no, something bad's about to happen to Amber. Quick, let's get down there. I'm going to need a vehicle. I'm going to need this and that. Or do they just think it and then they're driving a car and they're helping? You know, is it like a warehouse that they get this car from? Is I don't know. An angel warehouse. You, have you ever... I mean, we've talked about like ghost trains on this 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 podcast before. We have. So where did the trains come from? I mean, it maybe the same place as this man's truck. I don't know. I don't know either. You're Sp- right. Maybe maybe they have cars in the spirit realm. And that's great news. I didn't want to walk everywhere. And or but flying, I guess, might be the G six. Where's that land? Spiritual or you know what? Let's just continue. Third man in Alaska. Oh God. Is it the guy that was in our episode earlier? No. This that's one is from Bobbin. For bears. (laughs) He says, something like this happened to my dad. He fell off a sea cliff in Alaska onto boulders and shattered his leg and broke his back in a handful of places. He lay there alone for hours, calling for help with no luck. Then he said a little girl came down the cliff and kept him company. He said she told him stories and sang to him, pet his head, and even put her coat over him to keep him warm. But when someone eventually came around the bay and spotted him, there was no little girl. It was near a very small, remote Alaskan town, and no one in the small community had any idea, any little girl who even remotely matched the description. We always joked that it was his guardian angel. Hmm. What's a little weird about that story, and also entirely too creepy, is if that happened to you and then a little girl just shows up and is like taking care of you and all that, you wouldn't once be like, yeah, what the hell is this little girl doing out here? Not if you're like, <laughs> you know? maybe not if you're delirious and in a bunch of pain and, you know, the mind works differently then. You don't. It's like, thank you. Yes. Drape your coat over me, little girl. Yeah. It's totally normal you're here. Another little entry about that story. Mm-hmm. I think the person said, oh, you made a mistake that the girl put the her coat under his head because he went back and asked his grandparents about it or something. So Mm. either way though, what it makes me think is like, we've always had guardian angel stories throughout our, our history. They've been written in different, different types of stories. What if they're all third man type things and not really a guardian angel or. Well, what if a third man is just a guardian angel? It is. It might be. It could be if there were such things as angels, but. Oh, well, I guess since there's not, then. ugh. I mean, the, if, if you define it properly, this could still be an angel, just not 
a biblical angel. No, okay, Christian. Angel, angel. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether I think of it. What's the difference between a biblical angel and just an angel? They're both angels. That's it. That's like, it it doesn't, like biblical angel, quote unquote, doesn't exist. I was saying, I I wasn't saying it like that. I was saying angel in a generic term. Somebody that takes care of others is sometimes called an angel. So technically, whatever I was saying before you got all biblical on me, it's you are the, always the one that brings it up. You're always one like, yeah, the Bible. It's not from the Bible, though. It's just other stuff that's the same thing. Sometimes I pay you back for all those recordings you have of me. Some of those asshole skeptics. Yeah, I hate those guys. Driving while tired. This one's familiar. By Kurtur. I fell asleep and rolled off the freeway in Bakeman at 55 miles per hour. Not a great idea. Yeah, especially when you laugh just before I say that. <laughs> When I woke up, there was a woman with her hand on my temple. I had a big gash that was bleeding pretty good, and she kept telling me I was okay, that I made it, the help was coming, etc. Me being the polite Minnesotan boy that I was raised, kept trying to apologize to her for the horrible skipping noise my busted CD player was making. And I'm so sorry. That's probably really annoying. You hear that? <laughs> Stairway to heaven playing over and over in this one spot. <laughs> And just focus on trying to turn it off over and over again. I could barely lift my arm to try and reach the buttons over and over while she held my bleeding head. After who knows how long, I saw a man circling the car on the passenger side saying something about smelling gas. And a firefighter was starting to pull me out of the driver door. I never saw the woman at the site and she was never mentioned in the report either. The circling man was the car behind me when I lost control and also the one that called 911. I also never did get that CD, damn CD player to stop kip, skipping, too. Legend has it, it is still skipping to this very day. Skipped its way to the junkyard. Still still going with Guardian Angel? What else? What else could it be, Christian? It Let's could, hear your skeptic take. I don't have a theory, but it could also be just something in our minds. No, that's impossible. How is that impossible? Our minds do that all the time. No, they don't, actually. But that's what you can constantly say. So you've convinced yourself. So in that case, I guess your mind does it all the time. But the rest of us, no. I think you just spoke in circles. So let's talk about the woman behind me. Ooh, yeah. By Rocket KT69. Ooh. I was in a really terrible car accident a few years ago, and I was stuck in the car. They had to cut me out. During it, I came to, and there was a woman who had climbed into the rear seat behind me and was holding my shoulders, telling me I was going to be okay and that help was coming. I thought she stayed with me until I blacked out and woke up to a fireman cutting the door off and pulling me out. The firemen, paramedics, and my mother, who had gotten there quickly, all said there was no woman at all, that traffic had gone around, and no one had stopped because the fire department was only a few blocks down the road. I can still hear her voice. I know she was touching me, but no one saw her. Freaks me out still. That is pretty freaky. I've heard a couple of like the car accident ones where at the second someone gets hit, I think she was like, rolling her car started rolling but the second she got hit it was almost slow motion and she heard a woman say don't panic you're gonna be okay you're gonna survive just don't tense up and like and then she ended up being okay and she was like who's that lady what the fuck and who was that lady couldn't have been her brain split second like that i don't know you know if it there the two most likely possibilities for these type of things are the brain and a guardian angel Either one in these instances is just astounding. I would say guardian angel and a ghost. The brain can suck one. The The brain's not that great, Christian. It's great at things like making you survive. Not mine. That's why they call this also when they mention the bicameral part. Mm, Because there's two. Bicameral, yes, lens. So in this case, 
that would be the part of the brain that doesn't really communicate very often. Yes. That we don't really know exists, but it's there. Could that so, be a spiritual thing too? Could that be instilled in us by it, a it creator could, being? I mean, of it some could be kind. a spiritual thing. The spiritual thing could be completely separate. Hmm. Or this is could be what, and this is probably what some skeptics would say. This is the part that makes spiritual. Some of those asshole skeptics. Your words, not mine. Wait, technically it's my words. Your words, your words, yeah. Not words I believe in. Well, that's well, that you'd yeah, say them. Actually, some skeptics are total assholes. That's true. You know who you are. Yeah, we do know he is, huh? Th those people that- Get him. No. It's not me. <laughs> those people that like use skepticism as a religion. Yeah. And they just sit alone in their mother's basement going <laughs> as they rip apart people to believe in things. True. A tree falls. Another car accident. I was in a Damn, twice, huh? terrible car accident. A tree fell on and crushed the car I was driving. And as I was coming to, there was a woman, a woman kneeling outside the car, holding my hand and telling me everything was okay. And I was going to be okay. The next thing I knew, a cop was holding up the roof of the car with one hand, holding my arm with the other and telling me that he was going to pull me out on three as someone cut through the side of the, the car. I don't know who that woman was or where she went or even if she was there. But I'll never forget her calming presence. I totally believed everything would be okay because of her. Mm. We're going to have to discuss this a little bit when we get through the stories. Because yeah. I'll take things that are definitely guardian angels for 2000. What's up the ante? I'll take things that might be guardian angels or other things that are totally brain related for also 2000, Alex. I will take Christian has been wrong exclusively on this podcast for 10 million. And it's not Alex anymore. He is no longer with us. RIP. He's the third man. Like that voice you heard earlier, that was him practicing his wow. spiritual British so accent. So much worse. <laughs> the day after Christmas from Valbro. Day after Christmas, I was driving back home. It's about an eight hour drive. That is not fun. And then it's from visiting her now ex. 40 minutes away, I get T-boned by someone on the highway going 60 miles per hour. Another broken back. Miles per hours. Got five. <laughs> did I say it wrong? <laughs> you said miles per hours. Miles per hour. I did not. It's okay. It just, it almost sounded, it almost sounded, you know, I'm not going, it's a little racist. I'm just, let's continue. I broke my back, got five staples in my head, and did not regain consciousness for a week. Oof. They tried sitting me up. I threw up and then passed out from the pain. Oh, God. Yeah. That, no, that does not no. sound fun. I've only had pain like that once, and that's when I broke my ankle. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. As I started to remember what happened, even though everything on the day before and after the accident, I have one very vivid, clear memory that I wrote down instantly when I remembered. So it sounds like she was having trouble remembering, but she only remembered this one thing. Mm. I was sitting with my hands on my lap, looking down and seeing blood. I see my crushed car and just crying and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And looking over and seeing an older woman with blondish hair and a light top touching me and telling me everything is going to be okay. And the ambulance is on the way. Don't remember anything besides that of the accident. Only from what people told me in the police eyewitness records. Nobody matched her description since I wanted to say thank you for, for being out there. Thought she just left before the police got there, but now reading all these Way too similar encounters, I might start believing a little bit more after this. Mm. Well, this one's a little different in the fact that it's also the exact same guardian angel. Boom. And that's that's fine. I think it's I think it's perfectly fine to believe this is a guardian angel. Thank you. Because that is what you were brought up to believe. 
Oh, okay. But you were also probably brought up to believe that too. You just ditched it like a dirty, no good sinner. I've always had trouble accepting like that. Mm, Forgiveness, Christian. That much uh, interaction. Ah, yes, of course. But like I said, this, this, these stories actually opened your eyes just a little bit. I wouldn't say opened my eyes. They made me realize that there's something out there that is trying to protect us when we need it the most. Mm -hmm. There is indeed. And it, I don't know if it really matters what that something is. Yeah. It's just nice to know that there is an older lady that walks or that travels around to car accidents, holding people's hands. We got a life one. Telling them they're going to be okay. I mean, that's, and then you like wonder, you know, you hear stories of, you know, people that, well, when people die in these situations, maybe they're comforted by the mm-hmm. same type yeah. of thing at the end. And that's kind of a hopeful way of when you, when you think about people meeting their end through some tragedy, hopefully they have someone there to, to help them out. Yeah. When we've heard that in plenty of near death experience stories. Oh yeah. Plenty. You know, that kind of thing. So these ones are good. I also love like in near death experiences, which I think we're probably going to touch on again soon. Right. Right. The descriptions of the people that experience those and come back and share, most of them are wild. See, I to only say the least. I only hear the the nice ones where they visit. Yeah, no, visit that's heaven. what I'm saying. Like, but they're like, like where they're like, there was colors I didn't even know existed. There was this and that, or there was such a calming. There's a sense of peace and blah, like all these really. You're like, damn, this sounds hella dope. Well, where I sign up on that? I just gotta die. All right, okay, I can that. do that. <laughs> that is very easy. But a lot, but a lot of times you're sent back because it's not your time. Yeah, you yeah. aren't anti-season. and we're gonna get into all that. Yeah, but I just yeah, it's there's those, and then there's these feel like near death experiences as well. They are, but, but but something is keeping them alive. Yeah, like you got to keep pushing through. Why don't they let them just go in peace and then send them back like the other? You know, weird. If it's the brain, the brain is never gonna let you go in peace. Generally, yeah, unless unless it's just get like every part of your body is non-functional. It might just give you like a shot of some kind of chemicals to see mm. certain things that, you know, to relax. But most yeah. of the time your brain, your whole, brain's whole job is to keep you alive. Well, our brain is us. Yeah. So it's going to push even when you're near death because that's its job. Yeah. It's going to fight. So it could For produce right. something. Yeah. It's a party. It, it could produce visions of a third man being there. I mean, that's within the realm of possibility. We know the brain can do things like that. The yeah, brain but... can produce imaginary friends. And then sometimes the imaginary friends are a little too realistic and you're wondering, okay, maybe that's not the brain. The the thing that, that just confuses me with that is that, sure, maybe that's a possibility, right? It is, it's more than just a possibility. But, but In most cases, that's the case. Why doesn't that happen in all circumstances then? Why is it only certain things that happen trigger that because i've been in really scary situations where you know in the moment you're like oh shit i'm about to die or something's gonna happen i don't hear or i don't see anything like that i don't have anything crazy going on i don't like i literally don't it's just my thoughts it's like okay chill out you're gonna be all right you're gonna be all right you're like figure it out breathe so what is the difference between something like that where you could be running from someone that's chasing you or like someone trying to hold you up or like hold a gun in your face whatever like what's the difference between that and just in those crazy experiences, you're still just like, oh, well, I guess I hope I don't die. You know, like what because causes that's, it? You're then? not, you're not really in that much danger just thinking that. You know, but if it's your brain doing that's the one like telling you that this is a horrible situation. But people with anxiety would be having these hallucinations constantly. But Pete, your your brain still knows what's real in a lot of cases. 
in these situations. It's I'm not okay, convinced. So just because you're having a lot of anxiety or you're mm. scared shitless, Gross. there's a part of your brain that isn't that stressed about it. But when you've got multiple injuries and you're or you're starving to death or mm. you're just completely trapped, your brain knows that. So if it is the brain, it's able to tell the difference and produce mm. this. If it's a guardian angel, that guardian angel or whatever spiritual being that just showed up knows when you really need help, not just when you hurt yourself really badly or are terrified. No, you're about to die and you're not supposed to die yet. So it's mm. going to show up and help you. Those are really the only two possibilities, the brain and an actual spiritual something. Yeah. It, and both are just as magical and okay. fascinating because if the brain can produce that, it really should throw a lot of what we believe about the world, mm. you know, but if, away it, because the brain works completely different than what we tell ourselves yeah. it does. And I will, I will, I'm not trying to go off on a long tangent about this. I will close with this thought on this if it's the brain right doesn't that scream more of intelligent design than evolution no dude you can't whoops a daisy your way into something like that like that that is some very incredible engineering no if because, that's the way a brain works because the basic process creation. is that's... stay alive that is the basic process of the brain mm. all the rest of the shit mm. if it's the brain is us adding it all the whatever other meanings whatever we see whatever sure. we hear yes so that is a, a basic evolutionary function. So that's, but it's not though. All the other mm. context is given to it by what we've learned, what we've experienced, what we've grown to believe. So, you know, another option could be maybe this is just the way that the spirit world communicates with us. They don't always show up, but they communicate maybe like something telepathically. Maybe that's how they mm. do it. Who's to say, man? You I, know, I haven't visited. I the mean, spiritual I'm not going to throw the whole spiritual part of it out just because it well, you could be the brain. Can. Yeah. But maybe it's just a different form of communication with us that we, you know, we like through all these years and all these books and spiritual teachings, mm. we believe these actual things show up. Maybe they just, they don't show up, but they are communicating still. And we see or feel their presence because of how they have to communicate to us. Sure. You know, who knows? I don't. I, I don't have either. no idea. But I know you're wrong somehow <laughs> in my heart of hearts. I'm, I'm I know. pretty sure you're wrong too. Well, that's if great. If that makes you feel better. That's great. It does. I have a little short one. I just free ball it. <laughs> I mean, you can do that when you have a little short one, right? <laughs> I, did, I did not expect those <laughs> to blend so well together. Wow. What a treat for all of our listeners and me. Is it a treat though? And you to experience as one. Hmm. <laughs> Was that all the stories? Yeah. What happened to the lady with the head cut off? Oh, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I was like, I was like waiting for that. I'm like, damn, how many stories got left? He's just sitting here chill as fuck, <laughs> you know? All right. We're probably going to have a little bit of a discussion after this. Tiny, probably, yes. I almost forgot to put this in there because I took it out. Because it's very grotesque. It is. I'm going to try to clean it up so that it's presentable because it's, go, if you want, if you want to know more about the story, you can go find the articles written on it. But there, there was a woman named Allison Botha who was assaulted, disemboweled and almost decapitated by two men in South Africa. Trigger warning. We did that earlier. Oh, you just think you cover all bases because you said at the beginning of the episode. Okay, trigger warning. Well, you said it now, but- Do you want me to reread that? It's fine. Let's continue. Sorry, folks that are emotionally and never going to recover from this. Traumatized. She stated that while on the ground, half dead, that a presence pulled her up to stand. She then said she was seeing the stars, but didn't realize why. 
and we'll go back to the part of what they did to do her head yeah. staring straight up. Luckily, she survived, but it's another case of third man syndrome. Something kept her going. Well, you got to cut clear through esophagus right there. Huh? How does uh, it, how do you even survive that? Wherever That's she, wild. I, I think wherever she ended up getting to, there was a veterinarian there that helped sew her up. A vet? Yeah. And then he oh. went into like medical practice because everybody that like dealt with her, like I think there were politicians and the people that found her and people that treated yeah. her were like emotionally disturbed. Like they felt they, they, some of them were in tears years later just talking about it because it was so, such a horrific yeah. thing. Yeah. You would not want to witness that at all. That's a pretty heavy, heavy burden. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm not sure we should have ended it on that, but. Was that the end of the story? Yeah. I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to go too deep into the story. Oh. Because, but this person who was basically killed, mm. the only reason she survived is this thing, this third man, woman, whatever. Child. Yeah. Told her, helped her get up and got her walking to help. They did got, she, did she have to, I'm not going to tell people what I'm doing, but for you, did she have to like, she did, to see, I think she just, or, I think she just kept walking. I think she could see, she just, she just went. The stars guided her Christian. I don't know. I, I think when you're that traumatized, you just move and there's a part of your brain that clicks off. Did her, can I ask, did her vocal cords work? I don't could, know. She probably couldn't even scream for help. Oh God. So this person can't even ask for help and is walking up to people like that. They're going to think they're encountering something very evil. Or weird or yeah dare i say satanic maybe a little bit i don't know man you're reaching too far I that's what so. happens on that one you, yeah i was reaching a yeah little bit. you're focusing too much on religion and mm. on this one this yeah, one I, is just gross sorry and, jesus my and, bad and horrifying <laughs> yeah the, the people got caught and went to prison mm. well that's good at least yeah but how did they get caught she lived she probably told them who they were oh she actually knew them yeah i got it like I just went to the part that pertained like, to this because I didn't to want to cry into it. I'm like, yeah. so what else, Christian? I don't usually read stuff that's that that's that traumatic if I can help it. Yeah, that's true. That's I may joke new. about it here on the podcast from time to time, but I don't inundate myself with tragic news. Oh, you don't inundate yourself, huh? Well, yeah, that makes sense. So you're still staying guardian angel. Um, I'm going to ask you once again, what else? Is I don't the, understand why it's so hard to, to, to believe say that it's the brain. In some cases, it is the brain no, um, in these situations, not I, necessarily these situations I talked about, Sure, but in life or death situations, sometimes it is definitely the brain that keeps you alive. Sometimes we don't know, like in these type of stories, this, these things showing up make no sense. Hmm. And the only way to kind of make sense of them is to build it around your beliefs. So sure. if you're an atheist or a skeptic or a scientific person, that thing still happened. But some beliefs make more sense than some speculation you know unless it's like unless if this happened to me unless the person's like jesus sent me you know i'm gonna be like yeah. you're just at the end he, uh, yeah you're like thank you and he's like oh, oh wait, wait 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 yeah uh christ our lord and savior jesus has sent me to you so keep that in mind okay i'd be like say thanks man yeah yeah but, Jesus, uh, the homie now but i'd be like in the end, I'd be like, does it really ma matter who it was, what it was? It matters. No, but it's acknowledging that I, it. That I survived. And what am I going to do after this to be worthy of that survival? Exactly. Is it for a greater purpose that I have been kept around? Yeah. And, and you don't have to be religious to realize no. that you have to, that when you were given a gift like that, probably do something. Yeah. And pass it on. Yeah. Even if you, you don't have to be religious, but it makes more sense in a religious form than saying that this thing, we were once tiny amoebas or whatever, and somehow we 
turn it into fish, then we turn it into monkeys, then we turn it into humans. And then those brains of ours develop the ability for supernatural things and like just to create people out of thin air and tell us we're going to be okay when we're in dire need. But when I've been in situations that were life or death and never once did anyone be like, hey, I got you, homie, don't worry. I don't like, understand. I, I think... If, like, it, if it happens once, it should happen all the time. Like, why is it only certain thing cause these things to appear? And why would your brain do it like willy nilly and pick and choose stories instead of being like, every time you're scared as fuck, you're going to see some shit to calm you down. But that doesn't happen every time. Exactly. In these what I'm cases, saying. if this didn't happen, all of these people probably would have died. There's a, that's yes. the first difference right there. Most yes. of the time when scary shit happens to us, almost every time scary shit happens to us, at least in the United States, we aren't going to die. We might think we're going to die. We might sometimes wish we were going to die, but most of the time we don't die. There's a we're, lot of deaths in the United States every year. Yeah, but most of, the, most of the time we're not dying. We're not, sure. And most of the time other people aren't dying. There's still a lot of death because that's life. Life is death. That is life. But, wow. Christian, see you brought your soapbox again. Yeah, but I want to go back. Soapbox. That's more my, like, uh, pulpit. Wow. Yeah. You're starting a cult now. Cool. Very nice. I mean, there's... Welcome uh, to the cult. We wear Nikes. Wow. There you go. Dark reference. But anyway, getting back to like you, and this is a good uh, example of how our minds work differently. Oh, I can't wait. You basically see, th from from your perspective, this is going to be all religious in a way. Like this makes, this, this makes sense. Hmm. And to me, it makes sense. That it's not religious too. That sure. evolution is real. Going a little bit farther back, yeah. Like and in in your your view, none of it makes sense if it, because of evol with evolution. And I get that yeah. because it's very it's not a simple topic. Sure. But I see a, a way that it makes all sense. Just like you see a way that it makes all sense. Doesn't matter who's right or wrong. Just as long as we get along in the end, right? As long as we treat each other with respect, we can have these different views. That's mm. the whole point of the podcast. Yeah. And our stance on it is we can have different views. Yeah. And yeah. it's okay. And that's fine, guys. Nobody's upset. No, <laughs> just no. The uh yeah, no, for sure. I wonder how many times like, hey, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. You're absolutely right. But sometimes because I like even though I was raised religious, I was only raised half religious. My dad wasn't a Christian dude. My mom was, my dad wasn't, when I talked to him, he was always about, you know, what's the facts say or what's blah, 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 you know, like, so like I have a pretty open mind on a lot of things. And what I'm saying is over the many years that I've been interested in this stuff, religion makes more sense. It like a, a creator being of some kind makes more sense, whether that's alien, God himself, Yahweh, the whole nine creation, man. Like even Darwin himself didn't believe in this shit. He said the one thing that plagued his mind about his theory of evolution was he didn't understand eyes. Didn't understand eyes. I mean, in some cases, I don't know that. Like the mechanism that is the eyeball. Next to impossible for it to happen, like 0.000001% chance of it happening randomly. I mean, it's that's about as much chance as there is for no. life to be on a planet. No, not with a creative process. Like not as, you know, like I'm not, I'm not ever going to sell you on anything being created. I understand that. But that's, I'm just telling you how it works in my mind. I thought both processes through, and this is the only one I'm like, this makes a lot more sense than that. See, I, I believe something like evolution hmm. can happen even if there is a creator. Yeah. And that would be the point of be, the creator. It would be micro evolution. It wouldn't be macro, like changing It would be from... whatever evolution a creator would want. Micro. It's not my choice. It's micro, Christian. The... It's got to be. 
No, it doesn't got to be. It has, it to, has be to be whatever way that creator, in your opinion, that creator is yes. more, or your belief that creator is a Christian type creator. No, you keep... Okay. Or, or similar to a... To me, I'm like, fine, there's a creator. There you go. That we creator doesn't spend much time here because too many children are dying oh, horrible okay. deaths. There you go. I could... And, and yeah. I think that that's the way it's supposed to be. You can't, you know what I mean? It's like we get, like that creator isn't here all the time guiding our every step. That's some of our yeah. work. We can't, we have to be alone sometimes to be able to understand, you know, where we're going. Sure, that creator can be there for us, but we have to travel through certain things on our own, make decisions on our own, fail or succeed on our own, and then figure out where to go from there on our own. Christian is very clear that at some point in your life, someone hurt you. Someone hurt all of us. We and had to be okay. born. I mean, we, it's okay. No, it's it's okay. This is not an easy existence. Oh fuck, no, it's not, man. And, and look, like I don't, I never, and I actually hate when I talk about it too much because I don't ever want anyone on this that listens to this show that's not like religious or anything. I'd be like, damn, Scott really shoves his beliefs down our throat. I'm not that guy. You believe whatever the hell you want, but on this show, if you ask my process, I'm going to try my best to explain why I think the way I think. You know, that's, and that's the whole that's point fine. of the show. Yeah, I mean, some of these things have to come. Out of a religious point of That's view. That's true. Because of the stories we deal with. And the other half have to come out of... The brain. Yeah. Because, I guess, sure, why not? I mean, for for the people... I mean, we, we, see, we make jokes about some of the hoaxes and crap that we yeah. see. That's purely from the brain. And the people that believe it, that is a process of believing it through the brain. I'm now, not sure I follow that, but okay. I mean... You just have to, you make a conscious decision to follow some things. And in some things, our brain is, our brain is religious. Wow. There's a part of our brain getting weird. that has, that is religious. I mean, yeah. whatever religion you are exposed to throughout history in your region of the world. Sure. I think our brain needs that. That's mm. why it's there. What do we do with it? That's for a different stuff. That's not our. That's not this podcast. Yeah, friends. We're not into our freaky deaky philosophy yet. Well, we are, but we don't share it with you. Yeah. Those are episodes that nobody hears. Just Christian and I bickering in a living room somewhere. But that's fine, honestly. That's good. You have any parting words? Goodbye. No. <laughs> Just a very abri abrupt ending. Uh, no, actually, it would be nice to hear what everyone else thinks. Yeah. Is it a guardian angel? Is it something else? Tell us what you think. Yeah. If you are in the Facebook group, shout out. Or if you're not and you're just on social media somewhere at Pod, guess what? You can chime in as well. And if you're not in the Facebook group, what, what's going on? Yeah, because that's not? a lot of fun. It We're, is a lot of fun. It's fun to see everybody's different. Bean um, memes. A lot of bean memes. I enjoy the ones that don't have anything to do with that. I enjoy, I enjoy the informational stuff that's, mm. that's there. Sometimes they're like, we see some fascinating things. And then sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's just pictures of beans in a cereal bowl with milk. Which is gross on every level. But stop lying. I said it was the breakfast of, of Grampians. That was great. That was so good. So What's, good. Well, I just still think it's hilarious because I basically don't eat beans. I know it is. Well, we've got them off the stuff. I was always <laughs> off the stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. I just wanted to take credit for it, but that's fine. Honestly, uh, yeah. If you have a paranormal experience of your own, if you ever had a similar experience to what Christian refers to as the third man syndrome, and I believe is a mistitled episode on guardian angels. 
I really love it. I like I like the third man syndrome. It makes it does, it does sound very mysterious. Like, I I kind of like it too. But send it into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. And while you're there, friends, be sure to check out that merch store. It's getting a little chilly outside. Pick up a freaky deaky hoodie. They are better than whatever you're wearing right now. I almost guarantee it. You know what? I do guarantee it. Send pics or it didn't happen. You can't tell people just to send pics of what they're wearing. What if they're not? What if they're naked right now listening? Don't send we're not pics, that, you perverts. Just we're not that this, kind of podcast, this has regardless of, of our, our name. This has gotten away from us very quickly, and I'm going to blame you for it. I don't know why. It's probably my fault. But I mean, I my name is Christian. Oh, yes. Whoa. I have a little short Ooh. one. Ooh, yeah. Man, sounded, I hate when I accidentally. Yeah, that sounded was, really perverted it, when they pushed. It definitely was together. That's what you sound like perverted. with yourself. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how to end this now. I've gotten off the rails, and that happens from time to time. Um, yeah, send us uh, or if if you enjoy the show and you're new, please take a moment wherever you're listening to rate and review the show. It really does help us grow. If you're listening at this point. They probably enjoy the show. Yeah, if you, yeah, congratulations. Welcome aboard, friends, to your new favorite spooky ghost podcast. We'll see you right back here next week where Christian's going to be diving into a little something he likes to call. Um, And that, yeah. I don't know whether it's going to be demons or near-death experiences. Demons or near-death experiences? How are we going to choose? I'll, I'll choose here in five minutes and you'll just have to cut the rest out that's right we're gonna choose in five minutes and record a week from now like we always do but we're time travelers when we're in the podcast studio that's right i want this to end